Good morning, it's Danger Dan here in the talk shop. Uh, today's show is the first of three-part series I recorded at Findel Mundo, the end of the world. And uh, right now I am currently on the side of the highway in the Patagonia Desert with no gas. That's all right. A lovely couple stopped and is going to get gas for me at the moment. So I thought, what a great opportunity for me to record an intro. So let's get into this podcast. Patagonia, but I am, uh, you know, I'm out of water, I'm out of gas, uh, but spirits are high and help is on the way. So let's talk about some some dates. Mama tried coming up February 16th, 17th, and 18th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Flat out Friday, we'll be racing bikes. On Saturday, I'll be doing podcasts all day long where you can actually come and sit in a live audience somewhere at the um, at the venue. Yeah, I don't I think they've got it all figured out. I am just down here trying to do everything I can to get back on time. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be sick. So that's February, March. We have Sons of Speed Racing in Daytona. And Chopper's Magazine Chopper Show on March 5th. So Friday, Saturday, Sons of Speed Racing. Saturday night, Supercross. And then Sunday is the Chopper's Magazine Show. Presented by Harley Davidson at the International Motor Speedway. Uh, March, April. We got the Texas Fandango. Check it out. Go follow... Texas Fandango on the gram to get all the information there. It's a swap meet. It's a race. It is a chopper show. There's going to be live music. There is camping. And it's located in Fredericksburg, Texas at the Gillespie County Fairgrounds. And I believe I have the date right here. And it is... Where is it? Oh, show dates. It is March 31st to the April 2nd. Then we got EDR May 5th through the 6th. And then Tennessee Motorcycle Music Revival, May 18th through the 21st at Loretta Lynn's Ranch in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. This year, they've got a great music lineup. They're going to do a special tribute uh, for the late and great Loretta Lynn. Um... Yeah, Memorial Day weekend, there's a Texas Hill show. I think I'll be in New Mexico with my wife, riding around the mountains on my chopper. Uh, This show, like all shows, is brought to you by MC Shop Tees, your t-shirt of the month club. The only way to support every local motorcycle shop. Each month you get a new shirt that's a one-off design, only available through MC Shop Tees along with a postcard that tells you about the shop, what they specialize in, and how to get a hold of them. This month's featured shop is JR Cycle Products out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, one of the founders of Mama Tried, and he's been building choppers and race bikes for a long time and uh, stoked to feature him. He also does fabrication, commercial and residential, for, like, houses and and buildings and shit, Uh, which is rad, you know. He's taken the, the fabrication skills and applied them in multiple different ways. Uh, and he's just a, you know, a connoisseur of good times, right? Meet him at Mama Tried later next month. Uh, yeah, DangerDanceTalkShop.com. If you want to support the podcast but you've got too many T-shirts, go to DangerDanceTalkShop.com. There is a Patreon support link where I get, what am I, where did I just go? I think the people are pulling out. Day, there's a Patreon link. 
where you can support the show. Five bucks a month, put your name in a hat. You get a chance at winning badass shit, like a $100 gift card for low-brow customers, which I do need to give away this month. I'm kind of in a weird spot. Hopefully, I can get to where I can do that before this month is over. If not, I'll give away two next month. And then also, we are going to give away a trip to Nepal thanks to Motorcycle Sherpa. That's right. Baron Booty said, let's do it. So sign up for every $5 you donate until from now until the end of the year. Get your name in a hat and a chance to go around the world on a motorcycle expedition with Motorcycle Sherpa. If you don't want to wait, go to Motorcycle Sherpa right now and sign up for the first trip in November where yours truly will be, you know, the connoisseur of fun and make sure that everybody has a good time on that trip. Oh, there's some bikes. Oh my gosh, maybe they're going to stop. Uh, this would be sick. I need gas, guys. Oh my God, I'm way too far away from the bike. Hopefully they got a chase rig. Oh my gosh, this might just work. I need gas. Moto Tours, right there, you motherfucker. Hey, I'll tell you right now, uh, Motorcycle Sherpa would not just roll by a bike on the side of the road without making sure that they're all good. Oh man. Kick myself in the dick for that one. Anyhow, <clears throat> This wind is probably making this sound like shit, but guess what? I'm in the fucking Patagonian desert, and the wind's been so gnarly. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. This one covers uh, when I cross back into Chile from Trevelin, and I hooked back up on the 7 and headed south down the Carretera Austral. So, I left off. Where did I leave off? Oh, I was sitting on the banks of, I believe it was the Manawalis River. Um, just outside of Trevelin, headed to Chile. I was camped like right, right on the border. Um, let's see. Yeah, oh, actually, it was the Fudalefu River. That's where it was. Because when I got to the entrance the next morning, there was a fucking giant line. But that road was so fucking rad. I mean, it was like, uh, it was a gravel road, but it was a nice gravel road. The, the road, getting there on the Argentina side, 259, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was like washboarded and fucking holes but once you got to Chile you know and they were doing construction all up and down it's amazing how much resources they use to maintain these gravel roads but Fudalafu is a fucking beautiful place and I talked to many people later on when I would say the word they'd be like oh yeah of course that place is fucking beautiful so stoked that I uh just wound up going through there it, uh, it was tough, man. It was like every single turn, there was a new river. The water was like fucking turquoise. I'd never seen anything like it. It was it was amazing, and the road was like real hilly. It wasn't like uh, mountains or switchbacks, but it was real hilly, and some of the rivers were like white water rafting. Like there was, you could just see people getting in and getting out of the river in different places with like serious gear. And then there was like wider, slower-flowing rivers that... People were just hanging out and swimming in, and some of them you could not fucking swim in. And then, like, these crazy old wooden bridges. It was it was wild, but I was on my way to uh, Route 7, which is, like, you know, one of the famous roads in southern Chile that goes through Patagonia. And uh, when I finally popped out on 7, there was, like, this little town. It was crazy because... It was like in a low, oh, before I got to the town, I, I hit my first giant lake, and it was like, pfft, are you kidding me? And there was like mountains of trees inside, like within the lake. It was incredible. But I pop out into this little town of 
via San Lucia. And it was, it was wild. I mean, it was, there wasn't much there. There wasn't a gas station. I found a little coffee shop and had a piece of uh, Calafate, which I ended up, I've had a lot of Calafate, which is like their local berry that's really only available down here. I don't think they grow enough of it to export it, but it was in this valley and like part of the town, like the old, old part of the town that was kind of built like off to the side of where the the used buildings were, were at, they had like sunk into the ground and then they just got abandoned there. It was really wild looking. Like some of them were just like the bones, but they were like sunk into the ground. I mean, it was like a marshland that they built this town on originally. And that wasn't successful, so they just moved over like a hundred yards or something. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if it like stays that way. That new area might just fucking sink at some point too, but it was pretty exciting to make it to seven. Um, you know, 40 was good, but I had heard so many good things about this seven. And, you know, I skipped the, the northern part where you where it starts in Port de Mont, uh, mainly because there's two ferries. And like I've said, there's, it's like, you know, this is like their holiday season. So there's so many people out traveling. I mean, like I said, when I was in Barry Lachey, it took me forever just to find a room to get all my batteries charged and everything. So I think it was a very good move on my part to not uh, do the ferry thing. It would have just taken more time. I mean, obviously, it would have been cool to ride the fucking ferry through that beautiful area. But what I'd seen so far was, you know, I you can't do everything. Like, there's no fucking way. Um, so the next big town was south, I don't know, like 60 or 70 kilometers, and it was La Junta. Now, this is where I planned on staying the night, and uh, I got to the town. The gas station was on the southern side of it, so the far side of the the town, and there was a, there was a section uh, right before you get to town where there's these two rivers connect. It was like Rio Polina. Uh, in Rio Rosolette, and I had looked on iOverlander, and there's a bunch of sweet spots to camp, and then I, I saw this one uh, little, uh, you know, camping marker, and it was a hosteria, and the, the review on iOverlander was like, this is what I love about iOverlander, is finding these hosterias with these local ladies that have lots of animals blah 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 it was just really intriguing i was like oh that'd be cool to like stay on a little farm and have some lady cook me dinner and breakfast um so i went to the gas station fill up on gas and get some some supplies you know i've got everything to uh you know, i got food i got the stuff to to just wild camp as i've been calling it uh, but, you know, and there was a lot of good-looking places. And I was obviously wanted to fish on the river. Uh, and I was thinking, man, what if I caught some trout and this lady, like, cooked them for me? You know, that'd be fucking beautiful. So, anyways, I get gas at this fucking really nice gas station. The gas stations, uh, it's crazy how different they are in Argentina and Chile. Argentina, they're huge. They got Wi-Fi. They got bathrooms, showers, food, empanadas. You know, lots of good stuff. In Chile, they're really, really small. Like, really, like, it's hard. If there's somebody waiting in line, or not even waiting in line, if there's somebody checking out, it's hard to walk in the door. It's like a, you know. But then they have, like, a bar top. Like, they're all the same, too. They're all really small. Not much shit. Uh, but you know what they do have is they have bicycle parts, and gas canisters and like various little not camping knickknacks but camping like you know like gas or uh what else um it, they just had like they all most of them had like a little section of camping stuff and bike parts and at this gas station just like lots of them outside the gas station they have a uh a bicycle workstation where you can literally, it's like a, a thing that holds your bike up in the air and then all the fucking tools hanging off these lanyards 
where you can fix your bicycle. Which should have been my first sign that I was on a bicycle route, which come to find out Route 7 is like famous for, for riding bicycles. Now, I, uh, I'll toss, yeah, uh, there's a lot of bicyclers on here. So anyways, I get gas. Uh, there was an ATM in there. I didn't have any Chilean pesos, so I tried to get some Chilean pesos, uh, but it was out of order. So I took off with no Chilean pesos. And went down this road, it was X12. And looking at all the various campsites, some of them were on the river, some of them were like, they were kind of, they were on the river, but they didn't really have river access. And quite a ways down, I finally find this hosteria, and I pull in this lady's yard, and immediately I'm like, I cannot stay here. I mean, there were fucking animals everywhere, but like, um, you know, she was like the cat lady. You know, she, she had animals, but... They were like, uh, they were probably animals nobody else wanted. Wow. I am literally at the end of the world and I just saw somebody. I wonder if they saw me. Anyhow, um, I knew pretty quick that I didn't really want to stay there and I, was, I didn't see river access and the lady came out and I was just like, she was so sweet. I didn't just like turn around and say, no thanks. Uh, she started just talking to me like I knew what she was saying. And I was like, oh, you know, I bet she doesn't take cards, you know, and I don't have any pesos. Which I was right. And you know, fuck, I probably could have given her the ones in my pocket and it would have covered it. Uh, but I used that as a way out and you know, I, I think uh, at this point, no, I didn't have any, no. You know, that river riding down around, like, by that river for, like, I don't know, a few miles, I was like, damn, I have got to, uh, I got to fish that, you know. So I just kept going looking for a good place to camp that was, like, most of the places also, they were, like, on the road. And, you know, like, hanging out with fucking people driving by, kicking up dust, just seeing what I'm doing, you know. Anyhow, so I keep going, and I see this little spot, and it was like a, a hot springs, and it, I think it said something about fishing. So I slammed on the brakes and turned around, and all it was was a sign with like a three or four car cutout on the side of the road where you then like walk down a trail to something. So there was a sign there, so I turned around, went back to the sign, and I was trying to read what it said. And this guy came walking out. And he's like, hey, what, what are you doing? Or how are you doing? Good day, whatever. And uh, I told him exactly what I was trying to do. I was like, dude, I'm looking for a place to camp where I can, you know, be on the river and fish. And he's like, oh, man, I'm a fly fishing guide. And I'm like, no way. He's like, yeah, go down the road about, I think he said, three more kilometers and then hang a right on a dirt road and go about another 100 kilometers. And then, bam, there's a giant fucking beach. And I'm like, dude, that sounds exactly like what I want. So I did exactly what he said. I go down the road three clicks. I hang a right, go another kilometer. And, and I get to, like, the entrance to this beach, and there's a gate. And it's closed. And I'm like, shit. Check it out a little bit more. It's just... A couple ropes holding the gates shut, and there's like some barns and a house. They don't really look occupied. And open the gate, roll my bike through, close the gate, and rolled out on this giant fucking beach. Now, it was a giant like rock area beach on the corner of this fucking river that was pretty big, and uh, and then there was like a grassy area up above that. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is perfect. So I, like, parked my bike up on the grassy area and took all my gear off and put on my fucking flip-flops and my shorts and got my pole out and started walking down to the water. And I got about halfway there. and It was probably, like, 75 yards from my bike. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm just going to – and there was – these rocks were big and – but I was like, man, I got an air mattress. Like, I'll just fucking set up camp down here. So I go up there, I get my bike, and I, uh, like, just loosely put all my stuff, like, on it. I didn't, like, 
tie nothing down, you know, I'm just going a little ways, and anyways, I get out there on the rocks, fucking pull the, pull my shit out again, go fishing, and like, immediately I catch a fucking giant trout, I'm like, no way, like, this is, this is fucking incredible, you know, I, uh, but I was like, and this is too early, I don't want to like, you know, I, I still got, a, I mean, I want to fish a little bit. I didn't have like a stringer. I didn't even have like string to make it like a stringer happen. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just let him go. And uh, I kept fishing, kept fishing. Bam, I got another one. And I'm like, all right, I got to go get a fucking fish, a stringer. Because this now this one wasn't quite big enough. We're like, you know, I probably could have eaten two of that size. So I go back to the bike with the fish in hand. I like get some paracord, make a stringer. Actually, you know what I did? I cleaned his ass. But I didn't want to just like leave him laying around where the birds could get him. So I, I went and got a stringer and like just hooked him on a piece of string and hung him off my knife made by Nick that I used to clean him with. And I was like, all right, I'm going to catch another one, dude. One more good catch and I'm going to fucking start gathering wood, build a fire and Dude, I kept fishing and fishing and fishing and fishing and didn't catch anything else. Uh, but that's all right. I got that one fish. I went and gathered wood and uh, and built a fire and did a piss poor job at, at cooking them on this fire. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was like I should have prepared a little bit better. I, I just thought I was just gonna fucking hang him off a stick and then it fell off to stick into the fire. Luckily, what's good with those trout is you leave the skin on and the skin is like a good protector of, uh, you know, from the, from the meat, you know? And anyways, it ended up being fucking amazing. Even though I didn't have salt or lemon or nothing. I mean, I just, just fucking cooked his ass and, uh, it was fucking amazing. I ended up, I set up my tent that night uh, because I noticed that it was just wet, you know. I, knew, I figured the dew was going to be bad, and I was right. The mattress was perfect on those rocks. I slept like a fucking baby, and I woke up the next morning. I think I fished a little bit. I don't know that I caught anything then. And packed up my gear. And fucking hit the road, man. Went back out to Route 7 and... It started going south, and this is when I went through like Pio Ape and a bunch of uh, like hot springs on the side of the road and these giant fucking lakes, which is what this road is known for. Uh, I think it's the like the road of seven lakes or route seven of lakes or something. And, uh, and once again, there's like, you know, I could just stop every time I come around and turn and get off the bike, but I'm like, nah, you know, like, gotta fucking keep keep making some time and uh anyways i get down to uh just outside via manawalas and i see like this this section of river that looks so fucking good and then bam i saw another fly fisherman i was like okay and uh, anyway so i cross i get off seven i cross the bridge to a, a even oh and seven was uh i think it was yeah it was nicely paved uh, so I go across the little bridge and then there's like a dirt road that like runs down up the river and you can see where the river like takes off up a valley. Um, and I'm like, oh shit, I'm just going to, I'm going to follow it for a while. Oh, and, uh, they call route seven Carrera, Carrera Austral, which I'm not, I fuck, I shouldn't have at least looked up what that means, but. To me, it means one of the most beautiful fucking roads in Chile. Anyways, I take off down this gravel road, and it kind of like takes off from the river a little bit, and then uh, and then I but I can see it's going back to it, and uh, and I come to this cattle crossing, and it was the first one I'd, I've ridden over many like this now, but it, this one was fucked up. It was a it was a cat like a cattle guard made out of wood. Okay. Keep going, and all of a sudden, I'm like, man, this gravel feels really loose. But I'm like, you know, I haven't been on gravel uh, for a minute. So, you know, you know, it could just be that 
haven't been on gravel for a minute, right? And I flip my screen around to the fucking pressures, the tire pressures, and bam, that's when I seen it. The fucking rear tire had no pressure. I'm like, oh, fuck. And at this point, I'd probably gone, I don't know, four or five. No, probably three or four, three or four kilometers off the main road uh, from where that fly fisherman was. And I remember seeing at the fly fisherman uh, spot, there was like a pullout with trucks and trailers. And I didn't, I don't know if I knew for sure at that point, but I just remember seeing like, there's like nice trucks there. They got, you know, there's some resources for whatever I might need, right? But anyways, I got a tube or I got a, a patch kit, not a patch kit, a, a plug kit. And this isn't the first flat I've had. It isn't the first plug I've put in. And, uh, <clears throat> but I finally find the hole and it's like a, a, like a slice, like right in between the treads. It's not on the sidewall, but it's like, you know, it's not a nail hole. It's a fucking something from that goddamn cattle crossing punctured a good fucking hole in my tire. So I, I was able to put two plugs in it and then I pull out my pump that I've been carrying around since uh, since Texas. You know, I got it for this trip. And I went to start pumping my shit up. And guess what? The pump that I bought does not fit on my fucking uh, air valve. So I have no pressure. And I got the two tubes, or I got the two patches in there. But I'm like, shit, you know, like... I don't, I mean, if I ride around on a flat tire, I mean, I, the, the tire can handle it. The, the fuck, I could probably ride around on these giant rims and be fine for a little bit, but I didn't want to fuck those plugs up. And, but I guess I had more, but I was still worried about that. Uh, and, you know, I was like, well, shit, I guess I could just go fishing. <laughs> you know, the, the water is just right down there. And, uh, but I didn't, I didn't. I put, uh, actually, I didn't even put the plug, that's what it was, I didn't put the plugs in, because I, you know, I found out there that my uh, pump didn't fit, so I don't know why I did my pump before the plugs, or maybe I was just checking it out, because I, I probably knew that it looked suspicious. Anyhow, I go back to that main road where those trucks were, and the guy fly fishing, and uh, I just fucking set up camp. I'm like, these guys in the the trucks. Oh, yeah, when I got to the trucks, one of them had, like, Fox stickers on them. You could tell their trailers were, like, specifically for hauling four-wheelers or side-by-sides. They didn't have any wheel chocks, so I didn't think dirt bikes. But they were off-roading. I've seen this before, you know. So... I unload, and I'm now I'm right by the river. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go go down there and fish. And sure enough, bam, I caught a couple of fish. That guy's down there fly fishing. I didn't see him catch anything, but I was sure was hoping he was looking when I did catch. No. You know what? No, I didn't see that guy catch anything. And uh, I just waited for those guys to show up. And at one point, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to stick those plugs in. And I did. I stuck two plugs in. And. Waited, started getting late. It was like fucking eight o'clock. You know, not that the sun was had gone down down here, but I was starting to think, well, fuck, maybe they, you know, maybe the people in these trucks went to, uh, you know, I camp, like spend the night. But it was, I think it was, oh, it was Saturday. So I was like, yeah, they might have gone up there and, and gone fished. And so I also was looking at my tire at this point, and I'm like, you know, sure, the cattle guard gave me a flat, but it looks pretty rough, you know, and I got quite a ways to go. So I uh, I put the uh, the feelers out to my people in Santiago, and I reached out to Greg and Ella. Uh, screw it, let's ride, because I knew that he was trying to get a tire at some point. I was giving him a hard time, too. I was like... Dude, you already need a tire, didn't you? Put on a new one in Santiago, and he was like, "Yep," and I was like, "Shit, I put on a new one in Santiago." But he's got, you know, he's riding two up. He's got quite a bit of gear. You know, I still was thinking that I was gonna be fine, but 
seeing how I just got a flat and the fucking knob sorority, I was just like, fuck, I need to, you know, I need to look into this and see what the possibilities are. So he put me in touch with a guy from a company called Moto Ventura. And I had just enough service where if I like stood on the peak of this little section I was at and held my tongue right, I could get a message off. So I was working that while working the fish. And when I went down there to talk to the guy with the fly fishing, he said, I didn't want to interrupt him while he was fishing, right? You know, so I like waited till he wasn't fishing and then walked over there and he was gone. Like literally fucking gone. The truck that I saw, I mean, uh, he just snuck right by me. Must have been while I was catching fish or something. But uh, so I hit up the Moto Ventura guys that Greg put me in touch with. And this guy happens to be in Portmont, or he he's in north of Portmont and Osorno. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to end up having to do those fucking ferries now, you know, like to go up there and get a tire because, you know, I talked to my guys from Mendoza, the, the Mendoza brothers, and they had told me how difficult it was to get a tire in Argentina. The taxes are higher. They're just tough to get. Everybody just goes to Chile. And since when I get to the end of the world, I'm going to turn around and go up the Argentinian side and of course I'll damn sure need a tire then. So this is something I decided was like the mission is to like get a new tire before I go any further. So I sent that guy a message said, I need a tire. He said, you know what? I fucking got one. Or he didn't say anything for a while, actually, while I was waiting on him to respond. And I sent him a message saying, I need a tire. And I'll, tomorrow I'll ride up there, as, like I'm going to limp, see if this plug holds, try and get up there as far as I can tomorrow, north. Maybe you can meet, have a guy, like, maybe you can send it on a ferry or, you know, I, I don't know how the fuck this is going to work. But I was worried about taking the ferries one way and now I'm looking at possibly taking the ferries both ways, you know, up to get the tire and then back down. So the message I sent him was, hey, I need a tire. Uh, this is the size. This is where I'm at. Uh, this is my plan. Or maybe you could ship it to this little town I'm at. And just waited. While I was waiting on him, uh, the guys showed up. Sure enough, they showed up on four-wheelers and side-by-sides. And they had a fucking pump. It was hilarious. The pump they had was like... I mean, it was... <laughs> they had... Okay, this these were three really nice trucks. One of them was... Uh, just a fucking big jacked up Silverado, like new with like, sh like you could tell it had aftermarket shocks and wheels and tires. Same with this Toyota. I mean, it was the, the Tundra, I think, or the, whatever the big full size Toyota is with like, you know, stickers on like the, you know, they were nice rigs. And then w the other, the third truck was like, it's one of the fucking coolest Dodges that was ever made. I made it in like the late 90s I've driven one one time it's a half ton sport diesel and they're sick single cab it was sick and it was all like custom paint job custom wheels I mean it was nice so I asked them for the pump and they're like fuck yeah we got one you know do you got plugs and I'm like yeah I got it plugged up and they pull over with one of the trucks and I'm thinking oh we gotta you know use a cigarette lighter no no this fucking air pump they have is like <laughs> they've been holding on to it for a while and you, they just like hold the fucking power cords up to the battery there's no like clips on them or nothing uh which i thought was hilarious but we put air in it and it seemed to hold and i was like perfect and they're like yeah just go down there uh manawales is just you know right down the road here and fucking figure it out and uh and i was very thankful i loaded up my shit went down to manawales and i got uh uh, this little cabana right on the edge of town that had uh, had Wi-Fi. And uh, I posted up, I think. Yeah, there was a little restaurant out front. I had a bottle of wine. And what did I eat? What did I eat there? Oh, I had like a... I had a really good salad with like... Tuna, maybe? No, not tuna. Wasn't salmon. Maybe it was trout. I bet that's what it was. 
a salad with some trout. And uh, got a message back from the Moto Adventura guy up in Osorno, and it was exactly what I wanted to hear. He was like, dude, I can ship it. It's gonna, I can have a tire down there in like three days or uh, like, oh, Thursday. He could have a tire down there Thursday, and this was Saturday night. Now, he was like, well, here's the deal. Uh, call me Monday morning, and we'll figure it out. And I can't send it to Via Mano Wallace. I have to send it to the next big city, which is Koyake. Koya, what's it called? Koy. Yeah, I think it's Koyake. Yeah, Koyake. Sorry, it's not fucking showing up on the map now. So I was like, perfect, I'll hit you up Monday. I'll go find a place to post up in Koyake. I stayed that night there. Woke up the next morning just hoping that, you know, my uh, tire had held air, which it did. It didn't lose a fucking ounce of PSI, which was so sick. And I go down to Koyake, and I just, like, think I need it. Oh, so the morning after La Junta, when I camped on the beach with all the rocks, like, I guess I did a piss-poor job of collecting all my shit. I fucking left my sandals there. I just, I left something else. Oh, my flies there. It was a, it was a bad job. And I think the shit, uh... Yeah, I don't know how it happened. So anyways, I go to Koyake and on Sunday, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to find a fly shop, figure out what kind of flies to get, and then um, have some food and, and go find a place to camp. And I saw a bunch of cool spots on the way into town, but when I got to town, and I'm parked like right in the, the center, and this is like a, you know, not a huge town, but a pretty good size one, and they got like a North Bay store in Columbia, a Patagonia store. I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy some Patagonia sandals in Patagonia. And uh, anyways, I walk down the street to get some cigarettes, and I hear two, I hear this young couple speaking my native tongue. And I was like, oh, shit. And we're at the gas station. And, uh, you know, I fucking, I just... You know, I hammer on them like, oh, what's up? We got to fucking talk, blah, blah, blah. Ask them what they're doing. And this girl, I think they're both from Vermont. <clears throat> and this girl had been down here for like a month just working on a, uh, like a lamb, a, a lamb farm or just like a farm, really. I think they had all sorts of shit. And then she got her friend to come down, Jed, uh, like 10 days before that. And they'd just been like, hitchhiking around just hiking and checking things out and camping and they were at this like sweet little campground right outside of town and I was like all right here's the deal I got a proposition and we talked for a while the kids got a couple dirt bikes uh it was cool it was, it was a great it was nice to meet them but I was feeling really cocky because I've been doing so good fishing I was like all right, here's the deal I got an idea how about tonight we camp out together and I you know, I catch some fish, and we fucking do, like, a proper fish cooking, you know? Instead of, like, cooking them on sticks like I'd been doing, we could, like, maybe have some sides, you know? And and they were like, oh, that's amazing. Here, this is where we're camping, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, perfect. And, uh, and I start looking into the area. Come to find out, I'm, like, in the fly fishing capital of fucking uh, Patagonia there with the Rio Simpson. They got salmon that come in from the ocean, and... Rio Simpson runs, like, right by Koyake, and so I'm like, dude, this is no problem. I'm going to fucking get a bag, gather some fish, and then we're going to fucking cook out. And I start looking for a place to fucking fish. They got this fucking river sewed up, you know, like, no access points, private land everywhere. I went, like, <clears throat> 10 miles or more outside of town, like, just taking every single little dirt road that went down to the river and every single access point was filled because it was Sunday. So people were like cleaning their cars or swimming and playing. And I'm just like, fuck, this is not, you know, this is not conducive to what I was trying to do. So I just go back to the campground and I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, I don't have any fish. <laughs> 
not only do I not even have any fish, I didn't even like try to catch any fish. It just, you know, didn't work out. So, which was fine. We just like, the campground was actually really fucking sweet. There was a couple next to us from Colorado. They were riding their bicycles. The campground was filled with people riding their bicycles down this Route 7. And I'm sure Koyake is like a pretty good spot to like, uh, you know, gather supplies, like anything you may need. I did end up finding the fly shop that day, and it was closed. Uh, but I had I had one fly hooked onto the handle of my fishing pole, so I could have at least tried, but didn't happen. Uh, I ended up just hanging out with that kid, or both of those kids, and uh, God, I can't think of her name. It's like... Uh, it was, it was a really cool, not often name, like, shit. Anyway, she made noodles. We just had, like, <clears throat> noodles with Parmesan cheese on them, and it was fucking amazing. There was a kid there from Israel. He came out and hung out with us, and then I found out that Jed plays music, so we just started sharing music, and uh we listened to a bunch of fucking bluegrass, and it was good. It was a good night. But the next morning was Monday. They were leaving, and I was going to get this tire situation figured out, get money to the guy, figure out where he was going to ship it. <clears throat> and uh, that's exactly what I did. I uh, <clears throat> went back to the center of town. Everything opens up at, like, fucking 10 or 12. Nothing opened up on Sunday, so I wasn't able to get any shoes. I wasn't able to get flies. Uh, nothing, so... All that stuff had to wait till Monday. Going to town, I find some slipper or some like, you know, the hilarious <clears throat> dad sandals, you know, that strap. And I, I went to every fucking store that sold sandals and I was looking for just like a fucking set of Crocs, but nobody had Crocs my size. And I've only found one set of fucking sandals that were my size. Because one thing that like when you're fly fishing, you got to like, get out in the water to get the, you know, to present the fly in a manner where this, uh, these fish will think it's a real fly. And since I had four days off here, you know, I needed to get set up because this was going to be what I was going to like be, you know, betting on for food. So I went to town. I got, I got some flies. I got, uh, some sandals. I got the tire situation figured out. I talked to the dude, Moto Ventura, paid him. Told him exactly what size I needed, and he told me Thursday. So I got some time to kill. It's Monday, and that Rio Simpson goes from there and flows all the way out into the river or into the ocean at Port of Sin. And I was like, "All right, here's the deal. I'm gonna like just go find a place to camp where I can fish and cook food and and you know post up." And I thought, and there was a bunch of rivers that I could fish, but I ended up going down the Simpson and found this uh, this campsite. Uh, and it was such a good campsite. I, uh, If I was a smarter person, I would have, like, saved it or something. I bet I could find it somewhere. Uh, I got it. Camping Las Torres del Simpson. Las Torres del Simpson. That's it, dude. Right next to the Patagonia Lodge. And uh, it's like this dirt road off of the main road. It goes over the bridge, crosses the, or it has a couple bridges where you can cross the river. And like, you know, it was fucking perfect. And the thing had laundry services on iOverlander. I'm like, damn. So I, I pull up there and uh, Nacho, what well, Nacho is his name, he's from Spain. He was a fucking treasure, man. He introduced me, or he just he, yeah, showed me the whole place. It was like, you can camp over here in this grass, and then this is the community building. He opens up the door, and there's like this giant fucking place like that he built with his own hands out of things, out of pieces of wood. I mean, he made everything from the tr uh, trim to the light fixtures. There was a kitchen, ping pong table. And he was like, and there's a guitar on the wall, and you're free to use all this stuff. And nice bathroom. And he's like, now here's some things that are different about my place and the rest of South America. When you wipe your ass, you stick the toilet paper in the toilet. I do not want to take out the trash with your shit tickets on it. And I'm like, 
Oh my God, I found the place that I'm staying at for the next three days, you know? What a beautiful thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I really want to do some fishing. Okay, he's like, okay, here's the deal. You go right over there to the river, and then you have, you can go as far that way as you want and fish. And then you can go down there, across the bridge, and you can go that way down the river as far as you want and fish. And this is a very, very popular fishing place. I actually have a guide living with me right now. He has clients coming in, and he will take them out to go fishing, and he will... He will tell you what you need to know to catch fish. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I got three days to kill right here on the Rio Simpson. I was stoked, right? So the first night or the first day, I like just unload all my shit. Nobody else is there. I didn't even unload anything. I Honestly, I just put my, my shorts on, my sandals. I grabbed my fly rod and fucking walked to the river. And it was so sick. The river's fucking huge. It's like a, it's a good flow, but it's not real deep. You can walk across. Well, you can you can walk across it in places. Not every place is crossable, which I found out the hard way that that water is flowing quite a bit. And when you get balls deep in something that flowing, it's not, you know, it's a, it's a little bit fucking sketchy. And uh, so anyways, I go out there and I think... I've, I've just, I fished. I started seeing the fish like hit the water. I wasn't getting anything. And I was having trouble like accessing the points that I needed to get to because it was real muddy up close. So I started walking further down, getting into rocks. Uh, the, I could see the fish jumping out of the water. So I'm like, I'm in the spot. I just got to, you know, I got to figure this out. And then bam. I got a little guy. I'm like, okay, here's here's one. It was like a little rainbow. And then bam, I got a little brown. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I just kept walking down. And, and the fucking area is so beautiful. There's like on either side of the river where I'm at at this point, it's just like uh, farmland with just fucking cows and horses. And there's lots of birds. It's just fucking beautiful. And I get down to this one bend and, and I'm like, oh, dude, there's like, I can get in this spot, you know. When you're fly fishing, it's all about the presentation, right? Like having a fly that looks like the, the local flies and then like putting the fly on the water or in the water in a way that looks like uh, it would happen in real life. So I find a spot and bam, I fucking catch a lunker, dude. And I'm like, bam, that's it, you know. And I walk back up to the place. And, uh, and sure enough, the fucking fly fishing guide is there with Nacho. And he's like, um, yeah, I just wanted to come meet you. Or no, that's he was there the next day. He was there the next day. So, then, yeah, I, I ended up catching three or four fish that day. Come back, tell Nacho. He's like, that's fucking awesome, you know. Uh, most people come here. They don't do that. I was, you know, we'll tell the fly fishing guy and he'll help you, you know. He'll tell you more of what you need to know. And then uh, the next day, I just do the same fucking thing. I slept in. I think I tried to use this internet. It wasn't fucking great. I think that's actually where I uploaded the last podcast after trying for two days. It was, uh, you know, South American internet. It's not always that great, especially when you're in a beautiful... Like, the fact that I even had a little bit of service was pretty amazing. Uh but yeah, I did that for like three days. Um, oh, and Nacho, you know, I had talked to you about the matcha tea and like the, the communal aspect of it. Well, Nacho offers matcha lessons every day at six, you know, or for, you know, for new people. That way they don't, uh, they don't come around and fuck up the, the mate lessons or the mate sessions. And he he did a great job of explaining it to me, and I wish I would have just recorded it. I think he would have been okay with that. Uh, Nacho was a trip, man. But he was telling me about that land and area. You know, since, you know, where we were, you couldn't get there in Chile without taking ferries. It's kind of like Alaska. Like, years ago, they just gave that land away to anybody that would come live there. Well... 
those those wassos or yeah wassos like wassos choppers the cowboys they uh you know they would just go get all their shit in argentina because it was easier than you know making the trek up to chile and the matcha thing was mainly an argentinian thing i believe is what he was trying to tell me but uh the 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 farmers and the cowboys you know took the the communal the ceremony aspect of it a little bit more seriously because they're fucking working all the time and it's nice to just stop they do it in the morning and they do it in the evening at 5 or 6 every day they stop what they're doing and uh, you know he was telling me about just little things that you do, like when you're preparing it and giving it to somebody, you point the straw at them, you hand it to them, you look them in the eyes. Uh, I don't know. It was uh, it was cool to just, like, get a little bit of that. I think that, you know, it was just a cool little – it was it was a cool lesson, you know, to get in this area from – and it wasn't even from a local, but his wife was, so – Anyways, I enjoyed that. Nacho, if you ever in that area, go to the, his place and camp. It's fucking, it's great. And he's got beds and shit. You can pay more to have like a, like a, he calls it, they call them refugios down here, right? And it's a place that has, it's, it's, there's no mattresses. Some of them have mattresses. Most of them are just like a bed frame, really, you know, where you put your blow up mattress on and your, blanket in your inside that way they don't have to worry about doing the laundry or nothing you're just on your own which is interesting um so i spent monday night tuesday night and wednesday night there and they had given me the guy from moto adventura had given me a contact in Koyake that was going to receive the tire. Now, I was just hoping that this guy was going to, um, what do you say, have a tire machine, you know? like Not that I wouldn't have been able to find one, but it, I was just hoping and assuming that, you know, he would ship the tire to somebody that has a fucking tire machine, right? So Thursday morning comes, and I get the guy's contact. I, hey, is that tire going to be there today? He's like, I don't know, maybe. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's oh, and the night before, I hit, I hit him up the night on Wednesday. I'm like, hey, is the tire going to be there tomorrow? He's like, I don't know, maybe. So I talked to Greg, and he's like, well, I have to wait 10 days for my tire because they didn't express ship it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, I'm already, I'm not, like, completely pressed for time, but, like, you know, I don't want to get to where I am completely pressed for time. So when he says maybe, I'm like, oh, shit, you know. But anyways, Thursday morning comes. I pack up. I say goodbye to uh, John, the fly fishing guide, and Nacho, and this other guy, Dave, who was there from, uh, I think it was John's uncle. He comes every year and um, just hangs out for three weeks and fishing all the rivers around there. And uh, anyways, I said goodbye to all them, left, went to Koyake, which was like, you know, 45 hour away. And uh, I go straight to the address and it's Patagonia Garage. I'm just like, fuck yeah, that place, they got to have it. And I pull in there and Augustine and his brother are two of the raddest fucking dudes ever. They used to have a full on tour company, but they sold their fleet of motorcycles when the pandemic happened. And... Uh, Augustine, like, looked, they were stoked to see the bike first off. They're like, dude, this thing's sick. Um, the tire got there like 10 minutes before I did. We put it on. We cleaned my chain. We lubed my chain. They did gave me, like, the full fucking axle bearing. I mean, went above and beyond. I think I, they charged me $10, 10 or 15 bucks to, to, to help me do that. Now, I mean, I use my tools and pulled it off and then while Augustine was working the tire on there I guess I was helping out a little bit but his brother showed up and his brother started asking me about where I was going and what roads I was taking and I'm like well I was just gonna go down a little further and then cut over and go back into Argentina instead of going down to O'Higgins and 
get on route route Quinta, and he was like, "Okay, well, here's some options. Let me just show you some options." We pull out of my map on my phone, and like, he's like, "Oh, your it doesn't show these roads." He's like, so he goes and gets a paper map, and he's like, "Here, you can go down a little further and take this road through Patagonia National Park, and then cross into Argentina there, and then take 41 South to Los Pagos." And I'm like, "Okay, this is all sick. You know, this is great. I mean." you're a fucking tour guide. Like I am going to listen to these options. And, uh, and I'm like, he's, and he asked me how much fuel I can, you know, how far I can get on my tank. And we start doing the math and we're not sure about it. He tells me where all the fuel stops are. And I'm like, I think I can do this. And I'm like, well, uh, like, why would I take this route instead of this route? And he goes, you like adventure, right? And I was just like, Oh no. What does that mean okay i mean yes i do like adventure okay i i love adventure um but i am by myself okay you know not that i said this to him i just said yes but as i'm like debating on you know i guess how much adventure i wanted to get myself into i uh you know You know, I just wasn't sure. I wasn't sure at this point, right? Because, like I said, the lines weren't even on my fucking map, okay? And I'm getting into, like, the desolate area of Patagonia. And uh, anyways, we he some other customers show up. He starts talking with them, and, and I'm helping Augustine. We're, like, doing the chain cleaning and everything. And then we start talking fishing. He sees my fly rod, and he's like, oh, sick. And uh, he tells his brother, and his brother's like, oh, okay, well, here, look, on this fucking map I showed you, this place right here is good to fish, this place right here is good to fish, you can camp in both these places, I'm like, oh my gosh, and then Augustine pulls out his fly box of homemade flies that he tied himself, and I'm like, I mean, come on, you know, of course I gotta take this route, right, like, this is, this is it, and, uh, so I, then uh, it was time to pay him, and I didn't have any money. So they're like, no problem, dude. You can go get some money and come back. It's not like we can't find a fucking black Pan America with flames on it in Patagonia, you know? I'm like, yeah, I know. So I go get them some money, and I get some gas, and I see some guys uh, on KTMs, and they're like so stoked. The fucking photo session starts. They're, I think they're from Brazil. They're, they're fucking stoked. They're going like... Uh, they're coming back from Ushuaia at this point, and they needed some supplies, a tire, and I was like, all right, I got the spot. So when I go back to pay Augustine, I bring like eight dudes on KTMs, and, and they've been fishing, and they told me as well, like, this spot, Rio Baker, you got to stop there. There's fucking huge fish, and, and fucking Augustine's brother's like, yeah, that's, that's where I told you, and I'm like, okay, that's where I'm going tonight, you know, and... Uh, and I took off when the next adventure started. I really can't believe that those motherfuckers just drove by me like that. Like fucking 20 GS BMWs in a giant fucking Sprinter van just drove by without stopping to see. I didn't give them a thumbs up. Hey guys, those people are not from around here. I'm telling you, if a local on a bike would have rode by, he would have stopped for sure. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, I recorded this podcast and the next two podcasts I'll be putting out, literally at the end of the world, like Fin del Mundo, under a tarp because it was raining. And uh, I can't wait to tell you how it escalated to that point. Anyhow, have a wonderful motherfucking day.